Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to yet another episode of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. This is episode 222, which is pretty exciting. Easy and to it's remember. easy to remember. It's just a it's just <laughs> two. So, and hey, I'm anyway, I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and I've got Leanne DeMeley with me again on the episode. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for allowing me to join oh, you once again. Thank you again. for not running away every time I ask you to, to join the podcast. Like all, all the other. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stuck here. I can't really leave. <laughs> all, all the other travel boom slackers don't want to be on the podcast. So <laughs> I have to. They're That's busy. That's what it is. They're, they're busy. I think they're, they're just mm-hmm. more shy than you. But, uh, mm. but yeah, I think we got a good, good episode today. So big news. We have the new 2022 Leisure Travel Trends study that is now out and ready for people to listen to or let, ready for people to read. It's got a lot of crazy information in it. And it's one of those things where after you listen to the podcast, go to travelboommarketing.com slash leisure travel. And that will bring you to the page where you can download the full, I think it's like around a, a 36 page document that is just packed mm. full of great information that's going to help hoteliers a lot of the information that we're going to talk about today is going to freak you out a little bit though there's some changes i think coming down the pipe and we need to all be ready for it i don't know if it's going to scare as many people as you might think i believe they are already starting to see some of this and it will just verify for them that they're not crazy uh, that could be the case you know if, if that's what it is uh-huh. then what they'll get out of this podcast in in the study is a lot of good information that will help hopefully alleviate their minds and give them something to work on that's productive and not have to to have worry, but have a, I guess what, targeted stress, yes. something. It's no obstacle that can't be overcome. Exactly. But well, before uh-huh. we get into the good stuff with the new leisure travel study, we have a couple things that we have to cover first. And the first is we okay. have some listener feedback. So Leanne, what, yes. uh, what's going on in the world of listener feedback today? And, and do, you, do you have a song that you're so, going to sing for listener feedback? I don't have a listener feedback yeah. song. Is, is there one? Uh, if, if you if you make one up, <laughs> there will be. <laughs> Should we make one up? Um, no, this is just, actually, I thought we were going to do this after we reviewed some of the facts in our new leisure study, because it actually applies to some of the questions oh, that we asked. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive in. Let's see what the listener feedback is, and then we'll, we'll tie it back in. Mm-hmm. So this comes from Andrew K. Great question. He says, do you guys think that Google reviews are getting more important than reviews on TripAdvisor? And his follow-up question, should hotels and restaurants start focusing more on Google reviews and asking guests to review them on Google instead of TripAdvisor? He's really thinking this through. It's a tough question. So I think one of the things that we've seen and... It's interesting. So TripAdvisor typically has more reviews than Google does. But what Mm -hmm. I've found, and I've looked at a bunch of different properties before we jumped on the podcast, is it's about velocity. So TripAdvisor has more reviews. They have a better, longer track record of uh, curating reviews. But Google's reviews Mm -hmm. are coming in a lot faster. So Google's catching up to TripAdvisor in most cases for hotels. Now, I don't necessarily know what that means from a restaurant perspective. I know, you know, restaurants are a little bit different because you have, you know, know, different ways of doing feedback. You have different platforms. Uh, I think restaurants get a little bit 
you know, more use on say open table and things like that, that are pushing people to, to do reviews there, which if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. is actually a Google product as well. So I, I say the short answer is I would, I would lean on Google personally, mm-hmm. particularly when you look at the, the local listing, you know, everything is going right. through that. TripAdvisor is the long form review, right? That's where you get to tell day by day, moment by moment, everything that happened during your stay. Or Google, you're only going to get to see the headline. Yeah. So it depends on how much do you need to know. I would keep in mind that most people are searching first on Google. So they're going to see what comes up there first. You don't know if they necessarily prefer to go to TripAdvisor or not. But I have a little different perspective on this, Pete, and it's from it's a brand perspective. I checked to make sure that IHG had not changed their policy since I last worked with them. IHG quit putting TripAdvisor reviews on their property websites on the brand.com mm-hmm. and put their own reviews. Yeah. And I checked it out. They actually have their own little seal of approval, kind of reminiscent of a TripAdvisor seal that says real guest reviews. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the, Takeaway there is you, if you're hoping, and we certainly are, that they're coming directly to your website, you can control the message and the reviews on your website, have lots of them there. Actually, that's that's a good point is because you can grab a feed for reviews, but you don't control those reviews that feed your website. Mm -hmm. And there's links on those embedded reviews back to TripAdvisor, which is the cardinal sin of hotel marketing. Why would you get someone to your website? display a review and that review takes them off of your website to where competitors exactly. will exist. So mm. I, I would say, Andrew, if I were you, I would one, look at where the business is coming from. You know, if you get a ton of business coming from TripAdvisor, then you probably want to keep that mm. in place. But my guess is you're seeing more and more people. It sounds like he's probably with a restaurant booking after doing a, some type of food near me search finding your restaurant mm-hmm. on the local listings, reading a review, and then going there. Uh, and, and again, a lot of people are looking at the star ranking. So if, if it's a, a four and a half out of you know five stars and tons of reviews, mm-hmm. that's typically what people care about. They don't care about the one-off review here or one-off review there. It's going to be more of the holistic number. Right. I say if you're going to actually study reviews, pay attention to how many other reviews that contributor has made, because it's usually the the angry people that might have a skewed perspective that have only contributed that one review the whole time they've been on the platform. Good point. We also we, we addressed this in our leisure travel study that we're about to get into. And we did find that most of our respondents are going to TripAdvisor and least likely to go to Yelp. Yeah, I, Yelp is is all but dead. Mm-hmm. Google Google's definitely <laughs> yeah. the, the leader in the pack. But uh, yeah, we'll dive into that when we get to the, the leisure travel study mm-hmm. in just a second. All right. So, Leanne, do you know what time it is? It's what time is 60 it? 60 seconds to success. Oh, yes. really? So I think we got a, a, a good one, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. So let's go ahead and kind of start off the process. Okay. So this is 60 Seconds to Success with Travel Boom. And this is where we have just one minute on the clock to share a tip or a trick that's going to make your hotel marketing much more effective. Now, we only have one minute, so we have to get a whole bunch of great information jammed in to just 60 seconds. Otherwise, the buzzer goes off and mass embarrassment ensues. 
And by we, you Me mean... this time, yes. Uh, <laughs> you're on deck for, for next week's 60 seconds. <laughs> so I'll make fun of you instead. All right. All right. So we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and see where we go from here. Uh, if you want to read the 60 seconds and all everything that we cover in the podcast, you can also check out travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And this is coming to you from episode 222. With that being said, we're going to put some time on the clock here and see if I can get through this all at once. All right. All right. So for my 60 seconds to success for today, we're going to talk about hotel meta search. And I I say this, evaluate your hotel's meta search exposure and plug the holes when you find them. And this is one of the big, big things that every hotelier should really be focusing on moving forward. This is going to change kind of everything that you do from a marketing perspective. In, in the latest travel leisure study, which we'll be talking about in a little bit, we saw that OTAs are declining in usage, and there's a major uptick in meta tools such as Google, Microsoft, Kayak, and others. Moreover, we're seeing a ton of those third-tier booking engines competing for these the rate on those prop, on those platforms. So if you're not showing your rate on those platforms, someone else is showing a rate for you, and don't lose out on those bookings by not paying attention. So audit your meta search and fix anything that pops up that is not uh, not good. I would add audit your comp sets meta search also. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good thing. Uh, mm. You know, look, look at it where everybody exists for sure. Uh, yeah. There's one thing that we did mm-hmm. was we actually put this together pretty recently is we have a pretty cool meta audit form. So if you go to travelboom.com or travelboommarketing.com slash meta, what you can do is actually request we evaluate your performance for you. And you don't have to do anything other than just review the data that we provide to you, free of charge, no strings attached. And it will really give you an idea of, you know, A, are you showing on all the meta engines that you need to? Google, Microsoft, mm-hmm. Kayak, whatever it might be. Do you have rate parity or do you have the best available rate? Who else is on there competing for you? And are there some simple things you can do to have a better platform from a meta search perspective moving forward? You know, Pete, I just did one of those meta search evaluations today for a a property in Austin, Texas, which I believe all data shows that they have some of the highest occupancy and rates compared to any other metro in America. And I found out right away that there's some serious competition between the properties there and the OTAs that are doing everything they can to bid on your search. So results. what was their score? Can you, can you share that? Since we're not saying who they were, I think their overall score was only 43%. Ooh, 43. That, that's tricky. I can imagine though, it might be an expensive market to have to compete against the OTAs. You know, it, it could be, it could be for sure. But mm-hmm. you know, when you're looking at one, avoiding the OTA commissions, to making sure that you have, you know, complete control over your rate, you're driving those direct bookings. It's, is it, it's worth it, right? It's still going to make you more money. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. So there we go. That's the 60 seconds to success. Mind your P's and Q's when it comes to meta search, because you need it for sure. If you want to keep listening, you can join us on travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and listen to episode 222. And we're going to be talking about the leisure travel study that just got wrapped up. It's got some really crazy information that's going to help hoteliers. 
So if you're already listening to the podcast, just keep on listening. If you're joining us from LinkedIn, drop what you're doing, jump over and listen to us today. All right, Leanne. So we got through the housekeeping. Now we get to dive into the big stuff. All right, now I got to take my jacket off. Yeah, it's air, air conditioning is never <laughs> it never works out the way it's supposed to. One room is a thousand degrees, and the other one's twenty degrees. All right, so, where do you want to start? Well, you know, here, here's the deal. So I'll, I'll kind of set this up. And first of all, if you're interested in getting to study, all you have to do is go to travelboommarketing.com slash leisure travel, and you'll be able to download the study at no charge. What we're going to do is we don't want to necessarily talk about the entire study because it's it's exhaustive, but we're going to look. Mm-hmm. At, we don't have enough time. Yeah, we're going to we're going to look at the top each of our top two takeaways from the study. So I think this will give us a really good idea of kind of what's out there, and then we can leave the the other pages of of data to our listeners to to dive into for themselves. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so. That's what we got. Uh, and I apologize. I keep getting my, my phone keeps dinging on me here. <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's start this off. Leanne, do you want to go first and share your top takeaway or would you like me to go first? I can go first. I have a feeling that we may have some of the same insights, but I you, I couldn't help but notice the, the biggest question. We worded it as many different ways as possible to make sure we were getting accurate responses the majority of our responders told us that the price of a vacation is the single biggest factor in their decision to go on vacation. I would say last year, everyone was, you know, dying to get out of the house, dying to go back on vacation. And I don't think that money was an issue there. They were going to do it no matter what this year. It looks like that's changed. And two out of five of our respondents said that the rising costs could be enough of a reason to cancel their vacation. Um, we talked about that a little bit on our last podcast. Yeah, we did. And, and honestly, that's the that was my top takeaway as well, which which is it's interesting because mm-hmm. so you hit on the fact that basically I think it's like thirty six percent of the people in the study said I'm going to cancel the vacation I already have on the books I've already paid for, mm-hmm. but because of financial reasons I'm out, which would freak out any hotelier because you kind of assume that the bookings that are on the books are, are good. And if you right. know that 30% of them could theoretically cancel on you, does your cancellation policy mean that you're going to be, you know, left with empty rooms or are you going to be able to recoup those in some way? Uh, mm-hmm. And we talked last week about ways that once you get those reservations on the books, you can keep them on the books and that state comes to mm-hmm. fruition. There was a study released earlier this month by Amadeus. It was a a consumer travel spending priority Mm -hmm. study that validated a lot of our information, but it it kind of focused on ways that hoteliers could overcome the pricing objections up front. Mm -hmm. Um, Since that study also confirmed that pricing is more important than even COVID when it comes to whether or not a a person will travel. Yeah, and I, we're good. They they found that 75% of their respondents would book if there was a buy now, pay later, a pay by installment mm-hmm. plan, which is something new to think yeah, about. Yeah, we've seen that pop up and, too, where people are doing the yeah, you know, different payment plans where you can pay pay over four mm-hmm. payments and whatnot for vacations. 
that was three out of four people that said they were going to more likely to choose yeah. that. I mean, just because there's layaway doesn't mean that we would choose it, but it looks like more people yep. will. And about half of them said that if they've earned any loyalty points, they're breaking out the points and probably going to use those to pay for upcoming trips. And they would seek out more credit cards that are co-branded with the properties that they're most mm -hmm. loyal to that will help them earn more loyalty travel points. I don't know about you, Pete. Have you noticed that you're getting so many offers in the mail to sign up for a new credit card right now? I have. I, de definitely uh -huh. like, like Chase has been hitting me hard for, for signups. Yeah, I did a little research on that. The credit card companies are spending more money this year than they ever have before to get people to sign up for credit. It tells me they know that yeah. we're going to be using yeah. credit. That's kind of right. scary, but they all have more reward points. Everybody wants to earn something if they're going to use that card. So, you know, I dug into what the brands are doing and I found out that uh, IHG, they were the first brand to have a loyalty program. They've changed it. They've changed the name to One Rewards. They've come out with a MasterCard that's tied to it and, and doing everything that they can to make that program more valuable. Uh, the, the brands are already responding to these yep. trends. Um, and, you know, we asked, the, our, we asked our, our respondents in our survey, which loyalty programs they were a member of. And it, you, you can assume the big ones, the Hilton, Marriott, IHG. But I saw a lot of our respondents, 30 or so percent were, well, about 25% were with Best Western Rewards, which is not one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. It's not one that I think of. I'm not a member of it, but I looked into it and they're doing something called a Summer of Rewards, where if you stay two nights, you get a night free. Um, and this is really cool. You need to think about this. They will match your status with the loyalty program that you're currently on. So if you're a diamond member and you come over to Best Western, they'll make you the whatever the equivalent is of the diamond member. So they realize that the loyalty points and the extra incentives are going to be more important yep. than ever. So I, I have a question for you. What okay. was your top takeaway? <laughs> <You've>, you... <laughs> <laughs> so... Can you, as an independent hotelier, offer loyalty okay. rewards? And maybe it's not going to be the traditional okay. points, but is there a way to make sure that you build that repeat loyalty with extra incentives that are going to come with Booking Direct? And and perhaps that might be a buy now, pay okay. later. So, so you're, 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 you're going off track again, though. So your, your top takeaway uh -huh. is loyalty programs are important for hoteliers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. So th there's a there's a lot of good information in the in the study, and I think Leanne, you're, that you're dead on. That is, once you start peeling that onion, when you say, okay, mm -hmm. you know, people are canceling their stays because of of money, people's number one reason for when they travel is money, and what can you do to keep that within your own ecosystem with loyalty programs? It's it's dead on. Mm -hmm. So nice one. This it pretty much ties into mm -hmm. to my takeaway. And mine was the single most important factor in choosing travel dates is the price. So you know, in this one particular question, we asked it specifically, what is the most important factor that impacts your travel dates? And only select one. And there was everything from mm -hmm. obviously price to weather to your job, kids, school schedules. It wasn't work schedule, which I thought would be very important. It wasn't the kids' school schedule, which is 
Google which schedule. is like a very mm-hmm. small slice of that pie. It wasn't weather or even seasonality, which is the other thing I thought that would be the big factor is when I choose a vacation, I'm going on a summer vacation. Now, I'm not just going on a vacation uh-huh. and I just you know, go willy nilly because I have work schedule and kids schedules and stuff. But no, it was, it was incredible. So 46.3 said price is the number one reason that they travel specifically for dates. And then you had mm-hmm. an additional 9.4% that indicated a special offers was the number one reason that they chose the dates to travel. So when you, when you put those right. together, you have well over 50% of the population who can be swayed to travel based on whatever rate that you're offering to them. The big yeah. scary thing to me was we did this, we asked this exact same question in 2019 before COVID, before mm-hmm. inflation got going crazy. And it was only 37.9% of the people who said price was a deciding factor of when to travel. So yeah, obviously wow. we have a, we're running into an issue where, where people are paying a lot more closely attention to their, their pocketbook. But the other key takeaway that I saw here is that means if price is the number one reason that you choose a date, that means I can help you choose a date that fits my needs best as a hotelier. Exactly. The special needs dates are now special needs for right. both so you of got, you. For instance, uh, July 4th <laughs> if, for, for leisure travel, which is, this is a leisure travel study. Typically, you're going to be 100% occupied on July 4th. You know, So uh, those people who were not able to book, and you should be able to find out people who had you know, no availability dates. You know, if you have a phenomenal Mm. CRM, why aren't you targeting those people saying this date was unavailable, but here's a phenomenal rate to entice them to come end of August, the beginning of September, a date that may not be as convenient, but if you can show them financially that it's going to be rewarding for them, but then, then boom, you might have a great opportunity. Right. I noticed that birthdays and anniversary special life events weren't even as important as do you have a sale or not. If you have a powerful enough CRM, you have an opportunity there to find out who amongst your most loyal return guests have a birthday or an anniversary when you have a special Mm -hmm. need date. And then customize, um, you know, a special email just to them. I see your birthday's coming up and we've got special rates that day. Absolutely. That's it. Looking at it in terms of a database of one and how can you market to Leanne, you know, who we know she mm-hmm. likes to travel here. She likes to go on these dates. Here's her anniversary. Here's her birthday. And, and make sure that that hotel understands I'm not communicating to this mass database. I'm talking to Leanne and I'm going to talk to her like, right. like the customer she is standing across from me at the front desk. Yeah. If you've invested in a good CRM, which you should, learn how to use it and maximize the information that you get out of this leisure travel study for ways that you could bring back your best guests. Absolutely. All right. So that was both of our top takeaways, which actually kind of Hmm. enveloped a lot of the takeaways, didn't it? And that's okay. Uh, So, so what is your second top takeaway of the 2022 study on the 222nd podcast? Okay. So don't take this the wrong way, Pete, but you know, I, I went through this with an eye for editing and I looked for errors because we're, we're not going to put anything out, out with bad grammar, first of all. And I noticed something that just shocked me because we asked folks, where did they shop online? If they used an online 
search engine or an OTA of any kind, where did they go to, to book? And we had what 1.1% said bookit.com. They don't exist in 2022 at all. There's a couple. Well, there's a couple on there that we put that do, don't exist because because we asked uh, this exact same question in uh, in 2019. Before. So we wanted to make sure right. we asked ones that I, I didn't want to take off everything just because uh-huh. I was afraid that it would start skewing the data if I had fewer responses and people weren't able to choose what they wanted. Uh-huh. But yeah, what? How, Okay, so I totally get that, but I I, I think that that is eye-opening for some particular reasons. So bookit.com went out of business in March 2020, right after the pandemic began. I think that the average traveler does not really understand the difference between one booking engine or another. You know, overwhelmingly, we had um, more than 20%, so more than one in five said they went to booking.com. But they also own Priceline and Kayak, which had, you know, lesser mm-hmm. responses. Um, behind that, a lot of folks went to Expedia. But I don't think that people realize that when they go to Expedia, the folks that answered Hotels.com, Hotwire, Orbitz, Travelocity, Travago, mm-hmm. now even VRPO, that's all Expedia. Yeah. Which, which means, and this is what it means, and think about it when next time you're watching TV and you see these awesome Booking.com commercials, it means Expedia is winning the battle against Booking.com because overall we added up 62.4% of our respondents went to an Expedia family site mm-hmm. instead of a Booking.com affiliate. Yeah, well, and the other thing and, that I think it shows you as well is if people are not necessarily, they don't necessarily even know what they're going to. Uh, you know, always, mm-hmm. there's a, a a friend of our agency who has a phenomenal property, and he he's like every hotelier should be. He's at the front desk, you know, working with his staff, and you know, he starts seeing people who come back year after year after year. And one time, he stopped and asked the person, uh, or actually, he overheard the front desk saying, "Oh, I see you booked with Booking.com," and the and the the owner said. You know, Joe, why, why did you, why did you book? If you, we could have gotten you a better deal if you booked with us. And he goes, I did book with you guys. I went online. I typed in the name of your property. I clicked That's the true. link and I booked. And well, yeah, it, it's a, it was an older gentleman. He, he did a search for the property. He clicked on the first result that he found or he wanted to click on and he booked. He could have booked direct, but it was just the, the fact that it was easy for him to go somewhere else. It never considered... It never crossed his mind that he wasn't actually booking with the property. And Pete, they'll make it look like you are booking with the property. That's the scary part. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it makes it, Um, it's, you have to be paying attention as a customer to mm -hmm. to book properly. So I looked a little bit further into this as well, because a lot of these um, third-party travel agencies and meta search engines came out with their earning results for the second quarter in the past couple of weeks. And Expedia Group uh, for Q2 of this year was 50% higher than Q2 of last year when everyone was just going on vacation willy-nilly. And the bookings on Expedia's uh, different platforms increased more than 25% year over year 
And that, I mean, that's when last year everybody was starting to book travel again. The investors are excited because now Expedia is saying they're going to integrate all of those little platforms into uh, one stronger platform. Hotels.com is going to be the first one that's going to become part of Expedia.com. Hmm. So it may be the next to go away. But a lot of this has to do with building a stronger loyalty program for people that don't realize that all of them are tied together. And my big takeaway is this is why meta search marketing at the hotel level is going to be so much more important than ever before. And if you're ignoring it, you're leaving so much money on the yeah, table. Yeah, that is the truth. And they have a massive war chest to build technology, mm -hmm. to be ever present in terms of the consumer's journey. So you have to be smart. You know, if and you're an independent hotelier, you have a much smaller budget that you better be using it very wisely because it's very easy for the OTAs to come in and, and take your lunch from you. And you know what? They're not just going to explain to you how all of these programs work and that they're all tied together. So definitely visit our website and educate yourself about meta search and how it works. Because I think the, just the simple fact that Facebook renamed themselves Meta is confusing a lot of people. <laughs> right. We were always battling that. It's like, no, it's, it's, uh -huh. a different kind of meta. <laughs> it's got nothing to do yeah. with Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, well, perfect. Well, let me, uh, so for my second item I have is somewhat similar to yours where, you know, you see people go into the OTAs, but 81.2% of all respondents said that they had, they would visit an independent hotel site before they made a booking, which is awesome. So that means you know, mm -hmm, that's good. basically what that boils down to is four out of every five travelers, you've got a real shot to have a direct booking, or at least you have a shot to sell your property against your competitors and everybody else because they are going to go visit you. On the flip mm -hmm. side of that, in 2019, that same, this same study, we asked the exact same question, 86.7% in 2019 said that they would be would visit a hotel site before they made a booking. Again, a little bit scary. I mean, one is, you know, almost nine out of 10 people are going to do it. And that number has now dropped down to four out of five or eight out of 10. Mm -hmm. So people are starting to be picked off from going to the hotel site. And like you said, Leanne, it's, it's because Google's doing, I think, a lot better job in terms of meta. I think the other meta properties that are out there, I think the Expedias and Travelocities are all getting much, much more competitive. Uh, the other piece of data that was in here, which is, which is interesting compared to the earnings report, is the hotel site saw a, a decline. The OTAs saw a decline in terms of the sites people use when they book a vacation. The ones that really did well were the Googles, Microsofts, and those meta engines. And that's where people were going through saying, okay, how am I going to plan this trip? And then what, where am I going to go? They, they, a lot of times will just stay right on Google the entire time. Mm -hmm. So you definitely have to work harder to drive people to your website from these search mm -hmm. engines. And Google's not just a search engine now. It's yeah. obviously, it's a meta search engine as well. They'd like to take the money for your booking. Yeah. They and, and that's where I guess my, my key takeaway from this big point was, Customers are used to spending time on search engines. We don't, they don't have to be conditioned to do it. Like they have mm -hmm. to be conditioned to visit a website and book direct. So you have to be on meta and you have to be every place that your rate is going to be shown. Otherwise you're, you're going to be in really bad shape. 
in the word, I hate this word more than anything is omnipresent. It's just, it's a, it's a stupid buzzword. <laughs> it's spooky. It's a stupid buzzword, but oh my gosh, it fits perfectly where we're talking about. <laughs> so you have to be not. And don't neglect the basics. You know what I was, I told you I did the meta search evaluation for a property earlier today. After I took a look at the fact that they, yeah, they need help with meta search. I just went to their website and made sure that is their booking engine functioning properly? Because you may be throwing a lot of money at meta search, but if your booking engine's not working properly on your personal hotel website, people may still book elsewhere. That's absolutely true. So, yeah, so those, I think those are the combined four main key takeaways from the study. It's, mm-hmm. it's a big study. So if, if you're, you're listening to this, uh, I'm looking at the PDF now, and I was wrong. I think it's a 48-page document. It, yep, it is. Uh, actually, it's probably a, a maybe 46-page because the last pages are just single pages. But there's a lot of good data. And I really want hoteliers to visit uh, travelboommarketing.com slash leisure travel, download the study, and start putting some of the recommendations that we have into place or make your own plans. But understand, I think there's a lot of things changing, particularly as it relates to inflation how people are spending their money, Mm -hmm. how people are shopping and the the entire process of booking a vacation is changing. And I think every hotelier is going to take a look at this study and, and read it differently, get something different out Mm -hmm. of it. Um, It's something that just jumped out at me, Pete, that I didn't make it one of my big takeaways because it's such a small thing, but I've always said, people that spend tons of money to take their little children to Disney world, the kids just really want to go to the pool. (laughs) You could have saved a lot of money. And when we asked our respondents what amenity matters, I mean, far and away, the pool was the thing. So if you're starting to see that you're struggling to get direct bookings, um, maybe think back to what you did in 2020 when we were in the throes of the pandemic and you were focused on staycations. Remember, if you've got that nice pool, maximize it because that's still what the kids want. From a leisure perspective, that is absolutely (laughs) the truth. Yeah. So. Well, good. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff in here. Download the data, read it, and get to know it. I think it will help everybody. So, mm-hmm. so Leanne, are are you planning on any? You have a big exciting trip coming up pretty soon, right? I do. I have a, a belated, postponed thanks to the pandemic honeymoon coming up. Yes, I'm That's excited. Super exciting. So, uh, when you did your planning, mm-hmm. did you book direct? Bum bum bum. Do you, do you want to know, know the, the truth? truth yeah. I, I didn't only because I wanted the entire package with airfare. Got it. So if you're in a big destination and you're hearing my admission, um, offer packages <laughs> with airfare. <laughs> I wanted it to be easy because all I do is think, sleep, eat, and breathe, travel all yeah. the time. I just wanted it to be handed to me. Here, show up, go on vacation. So I've never booked a stay where I booked everything combined. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've booked airfare and I've added a rental car because it was better. It was cheaper to book at the Hertz rental car that way. And that way the rental mm-hmm. car company knows if your flight's delayed and things like that. But I've never booked a hotel with flights as well. 
I'll tell you the other reason, because I did study it. You know, I did. And I wanted to book direct, but there was a better cancellation policy going through a travel agent. Oh, so if you book through a travel agent. No, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, because the travel agent, yeah, (laughs) the the travel agent, it books directly with the property. So I I think you're good there. And yeah, so it it doesn't cost you any more money to use a travel agent. And uh, if it's an international trip, the travel agent can really be a big help. The cancellation policy was a little bit um, better for me, and the travel insurance was cheaper going through the gotcha. travel agency. Yeah, I didn't know if you had just mm-hmm. like done the Expedia route. Okay. Oh, okay. no, heavens no. <laughs> I, I, you don't want to show up and they not have your reservation. I know, actually, yeah, not for a big vacation <laughs> like that. That would freak me out. No. That's really funny. So, well, good deal. Well, I think that's pretty much all we have for the episode 222 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. But uh, Leanne, if they want to find you and uh, learn a little bit more about all your your new business info, where would they find you at? The easiest thing to do is just go to travelboommarketing.com. If you request a meta search evaluation or you just want somebody to reach out and contact you, that'd be me. There you. Or you can find me on LinkedIn. I try to make that easy. It's just LinkedIn and then slash uh, contact Leanne. Perfect. You can find me on LinkedIn as well at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. You can find us collectively at TravelBoomMarketing.com. LinkedIn is TravelBoom Marketing. And pretty much anything, just Google TravelBoom Marketing is the, is the point and you'll find us right there. Now, the study, if you go to TravelBoomMarketing.com slash Leisure Travel, that will take you right to where you can download this report and I think you'll like it. But with that being said, that's it. We've got nothing else. So hopefully we'll be back next week with some more hotel marketing tips and tricks to make you a better hotelier. And until then, Travel Boom is, wait for it, out. (laughs) 